when I flew into this region, it is imperative that I come under authority. And so I'm going to thank God for an apostolic leader like Ken Sobrecken. And uh, I honor you and I come under your authority in this city and in this region. And uh, to come under the authority of the visionary leader, Travis, and uh, all of his team. It's important how many understand that if you don't come under authority, you don't have authority. You know, I've met some people that believe that because, you know, they're a prophet, that they're somehow or another exempt from authority. You know, I understand something, and that is that if you come under authority, then you move in authority. So tonight we're rightly aligned. We've come under authority. Resurgence is under authority. And that's why God's going to bless this ministry. That's why it's going to multiply. That's why God is going to begin something here in Edmonton that is going to be ignited and reignited across this nation. That's why I'm believing in Jesus' name that in Ottawa, our nation's capital, that what is happening here tonight would happen in Ottawa, Canada, in the name of Jesus. Come on, can anybody say amen to that? You, you, you do love Ottawa, don't you? Amen. Glory to God. Just want to make sure. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. This I charge you, my son. The instructions I'm giving you are based on what some prophets once said about you. If you follow these instructions, you will fight like a good soldier. You will be faithful and have a clear conscience. Some people have made a mess of their faith because they did not listen to their conscience. Two of them are Hymenaeus and Alexander. I've given these men over to the power of Satan so that they will learn not to oppose God. Blessed Holy Spirit, help me not to grieve you tonight. Help me not to quench you tonight. Help me not to resist you, but receive from you and flow with you. Blessed Holy Spirit, quicken my body with renewed strength. Quicken my mind to think God thoughts. Quicken my emotions to feel what you feel. Quicken my imagination to see what you see. But most of all, Holy Spirit, quicken our innermost man, our spirit man. And I pray that tonight this word would have free course in this place. I thank you that all obstacles have been removed. I thank you that the throne of Christ has been established here tonight through worship. I thank you that already you are calling people. Already you are drawing people. Already you are healing people. And Father, I thank you that tonight you're going to establish divine order in our lives and in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. The Apostle Paul said, Timothy, my son. One of the things I believe is absolutely imperative today is that we understand the principle of paying forward. That we understand that if we do not impact the next generation, if we don't pass on what we have, then we have not been truly kingdom and we've not been as effective as God wants us to be. You know, the difference between Elijah and Elisha, Elisha had doubled the anointing that was on Elijah's life. 
Elisha did double the miracles. He saw double the authority. But I'll tell you the difference between Elijah and Elisha. Elijah passed on the anointing, but there's no record that Elisha passed on the anointing. If you don't pass on your anointing to the next generation, how many understand that the enemy doesn't care what this generation does as long as he can get the next? I have seen this. I've seen it in the church. I'm fourth generation Pentecostal. That means that my father's grandmother was a prophetess. She used to stand and prophesy in the city of Toronto, proclaiming things. But how many know that if she hadn't passed it on to her children, and if those hadn't passed it on to the next generation, my parents, and if my parents hadn't passed it on to me, and if I had not passed it on to my children, then we would have failed. We need to understand the importance of resurgence. This is a cross-generational anointing. This isn't just a young adult anointing. This isn't a young adult ministry. This is a ministry that God is raising up to realize that if we don't pass on to the next generation. Come on, how many understand that? If we don't pass on, then we're missing the mark. So Paul found this young man. His name was Timothy. In fact, Paul was ministering and he came to two communities, Derbe and Lustra. And Paul found Timothy. And from that moment on, Paul began to father him. He said, Timothy, I want you to be with me. I want you to come along with me. I want to say to you tonight that if you rightly align yourself to the purposes of God... He'll make sure that there's somebody that will father you and somebody that will mother you. Somebody that will invest into your life. Somebody that will pour into your life. Not somebody that will smother you, but somebody that will cover you. Somebody that will come alongside and strengthen you. Somebody that will speak into your life. Somebody that they might not, their name might not be in neon lights, but that somebody will know how to go to God on your behalf and call out your name and declare things over you through prayer in Jesus' name. God will make sure that you are noticed. How many understand promotion comes from the Lord? You see, some of us want promotion in the kingdom of God, but you don't need to understand that promotion comes from the Lord. If you're faithful in the little things, God's going to give you authority over much. Timothy was faithful in the little things. So when the apostle Paul came to these communities, first thing he heard about was this young man. He had a good report among the brethren. People were talking about Timothy. Timothy was faithful. Timothy was a servant. Timothy was a minister. I looked at these young men up here last night and again tonight, and I just want to thank God. I just want to thank God for young men like this. I want to thank God because you know what? You can tell that they got it. They're not performers. They're ministers. They're not just ministers. They're serving. They're serving and they understand what it's all about. It's not just about performance. It's not even about performance. It's about being God's extension and bringing the kingdom of God and bringing the glory of God. You see, Timothy had that kind of mindset. And you got, listen, God will always give you promotion. 
You know, you don't have to fight for promotion. You don't have to perform for promotion. You don't have to say, well, I just don't seem to be noticed. You know, how come Travis is noticed? You know, I'm sure there's people in this city say, how come he's having success? We try to do this and nothing happened. Listen, promotion comes from the Lord. God uses who he wants. He just wants to see your heart. He just wants to see that you know that even when nobody else sees but God, you're doing the right thing because it's the right thing. How many know what I'm talking about? You see, anybody can perform when everybody else is looking, but when you don't even know that anybody sees it, are you doing the right thing? Are you walking in alignment with the purpose of God? Timothy was such a man, and God gave him promotion. Now, Timothy has been anointed of the Lord, the anointed appointed leader of the church of Ephesus. Can you imagine? I mean, this church had seen revival. This church had seen riot too, amen? This church had seen the glory of God. This church had seen the kingdom come. There was men in that church that, I mean, they, they knew much more than Timothy knew. They probably even had a greater anointing than Timothy had. They probably even had more fruit in their ministry than Timothy had. But God took this young man and set him as a bishop and overseer, the anointed, appointed leader of the church of Ephesus. Now, I don't know why Paul's writing to him the way he is. I know some things, as you read 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, you know that there's some issues going on. There's some people that are striving for recognition. There's some people that are dishonoring the gift of God. There's some people that don't understand the kingdom of God, don't understand that if you don't come under authority, you don't have authority. There's some people that are given to false teachings and false doctrines. There are people that are, that are promoting their own ministry instead of the ministry of Christ. They're building their own kingdom instead of the kingdom of God. I understand that there were people that didn't like the fact that Timothy was young. So Paul said to Timothy, don't let any man despise your youth. I mean, there were some issues going on. And maybe Timothy was just getting a little discouraged. You know, 34 years ago, I had a divine appointment with the Lord Jesus Christ in the back stairwell case, uh, a stairwell of a hotel. I didn't meet the Lord at an altar like this. I didn't meet the Lord in a service like this. I met the Lord sitting and on the stairs the back staircase of a hotel and I was struggling with my identity and I was struggling with the call of God and I was struggling with the fact that I was a sinner and I've been living in rebellion but the Lord Jesus Christ met with me and I knew the presence of God because I had been nurtured in the presence of God I had been raised in the presence of God I knew the glory of the Lord and when the glory of God filled that stairwell case, when the glory of God came there where I was all alone, sitting on the cement stairs, where nobody else noticed, Jesus came. I want to tell you, there's been times that I, I've wished that, you know, the Lord had chosen somebody else. There's times when I felt like the Lord Jesus Christ, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But not my will, but thy will be done. There's been times I wish that, God, you'd have chosen someone else. But I have never turned back from it. Because I know that if God has a plan for your life, which He does, 
And if God has a call for your life, which He does, and if God has a purpose for your life, which He does, that if you don't live in alignment to that purpose, you're not living, you're just existing. How many know what I'm talking about? I don't care whether you're 18 years of age in this room or you're 50 some years of age. The truth is, you're just existing if you're not aligned to the prophetic purpose of God that's to be performed in your life. So I've got a charge for you tonight. I've got a charge for you. You might not be a bishop. You might not be an overseer. You might not be a pastor of a local congregation. But I want you to understand something. We believe in the priesthood of all believers. How many understand that? We believe that every believer is a leader. We believe that God has a divine purpose for every person in this room. In Jesus' name. And irrespective of where you've been, it's God that says, I'm taking you to the place that's been ordained for you even before the foundations of the world. I want you to understand that today God has a charge for you. He wants to give you a charge. And he is telling you, you've got to wage a good warfare according to the prophecies that have been spoken over your life. I want to thank God that this generation are understanding that we must not despise prophesying. We must not render prophecy of no use. We must understand that, yes, there are some extremes. And yes, sometimes things get off course. I understand that. But that doesn't mean that we have the right to just throw it all away and put it aside. No, we need to rise up in Jesus' name. And we need to be a generation. We need to be a people that understand the purpose of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy. You see... The prophetic defines purpose. The prophetic defines purpose. I was speaking to Mike earlier before the service. I said, Mike, I just want to tell you I love your spirit. I love your heart. And I love the service of the Lord that's being manifest through you, Mike. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Mike. Tell me how you got where you are today. And it's interesting to me that in all that you share with me of, you know, the generational blessing and the heritage of the Lord, it all came down to a prophetess, a woman of God, speaking into your life, even when other people didn't believe in you, even when other people believed that you would fail, there was somebody that spoke into your life. You see, that gift of prophecy, that prophetic word defined the purpose of God to be performed in your life. You see, I don't want, glory to God, I don't want anyone in this room to live their life without realizing that God has a prophetic purpose to be performed in your life. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, well, nobody's ever spoken to me like that. I've never had an experience like Mike. But I'm here to tell you today that the Spirit of God is in this place. And He is brooding over you. And He's just looking for you to give Him something to work with. He just wants you to begin to rise up and speak what God has already said about you. In Jesus' name. You see, the prophetic articulates God's plan for your life. That's the importance of the prophetic. 
it articulates God's plan. Jeremiah 29 and 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. For good and not for evil. For peace and prosperity to give you a hope, a future, an expected end. You see, I believe in Jesus' name that God has plans. I like that. It's not just one plan and if you mess it up with plan A, then you're destined with plan B. There is no plan B in the purpose of God. He says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. How many understand the multiplicity of the purpose of God, my God, to be performed in your life in Jesus' name? Don't you narrow it down. Don't you say, well, I guess I messed that up. I guess I missed that. I guess now God can't use me. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for yesterday, plans for today, and plans for tomorrow. And the good thing, you can mess up yesterday, and you can even mess up today, but they're always going to be tomorrow because He's the God of the perpetual second chance. And He's declaring to you tonight, as already spoken by the prophetic anointing of God that he's saying I believe in you and I've chosen you and I have a plan for you says the Lord now the prophetic can come in many different ways it can come through the rhema the rhema how many understand what the rhema is you see there's the logos and there's the rhema the logos is the written word. How many know that all scripture is given by God? How many know that all scripture is God breathed? How many know that all scripture is profitable? And, and I want to tell you, I thank God for the written word. I get into the word until the word gets into me. I get into the logos until I get a rhema. How many know what I'm talking about? I remember one time a prophetess of the Lord said to me, John Mark, get into the word. Until the word gets into you. Come on now, are you listening? Get into the word until the word gets into you. I want to tell you that that woman was in her later years. She was a prophetess of the Lord. She was Gertrude Bailey, known as Tante to me. And she is a woman of God. And at that time, she was reduced. This, this, this very dignified woman was reduced by rheumatoid arthritis to a crippled, mangled mess in, in a wheelchair where her face was upon the, the table before her and she was reduced to 65 pounds. But yet when I looked into her eyes, I saw fire in her spirit. I saw the spirit of prophecy that is not subject to the frailty of your body. And she looked up at me with those eyes that were filled with fire and she said, John Mark, Get into the Word until the Word gets into you. Are you listening to me? Do you love the Word of God? Do you love the Word of God? Now listen, I want to tell you something. You can get a prophetic word through a rhema. How many know you can go into that Word? And you can be in that Word? And you can read it for a thousand times? And you can memorize it? And you can be able to recall it at any given time? But when the breath of God comes upon it, and suddenly 
that logos, the more sure word of prophecy. I'm talking about the prophecy that will never fail. I'm talking about the prophecy that's perfectly aligned with the heart of God because it's God-inspired and it's God-birthed and it's perfectly true and it's perfectly accurate and it's perfectly contemporary because it's in the continuous present tense. And when that word becomes a rhema word, comes alive, now you got something. You got something to war with. You got something to fight with. I tell you what, when you got a rhema word, when you got that prophetic God-breathed word spoken into your spirit, now you can wage a good warfare. Romo sicatea. Now you begin to rise up and give the Holy Ghost something to work with. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because how many know that the earth, when it was, with, was formed and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep, the Spirit of God was there. But nothing happened until the Word of the Lord gave the Holy Ghost something to work with. He's hovered over you. He's brooding over you. He's moving upon you. He's in you. He's with you. He's for you. But I'll tell you, you've got to give Him something to work with. Come on, my son. Come on, wage a good warfare according to the prophecies that have been spoken over to you. And he begins to speak the word, Timothy. Things begin to change. I want to say to you tonight, something's going to shift in your life. Some of you are are just not rightly connected to the purposes of God. That's why you're discouraged. That's why you easily fall and easily fail. But you've got to get the rhema word tonight. A rhema word. It can also come through revelation. How many know that Paul said, he prayed for the church of Ephesus, he said, I pray that God will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you might grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened that you might know what is the hope of his calling. You know, you know how many read that scripture? Now I'm telling you, you can come through Revelation. When the Spirit of God begins to move upon you and you're speaking the word of the Lord out of your mouth, now he comes to you personally. And he begins to work in your life. I remember, you know, I'm in Ottawa because of the spirit of revelation. Because I was ministering, I was pastoring in Calgary and I was ministering in the nation's capital. And I, they had given, granted me and were so kind to me, so hospitable, they gave me a hotel room. And it was on a Sunday night around 11.30 at night. I remember because I ministered that night and then we went out for tea and coffee, which Pentecostals know how to do. And, and I was just sitting, I was standing there and I was looking over the window and I could see this skyline of the city. And the Spirit of God come upon me. And I began to weep for the city. I tell you, God gave me a burden. I'd I'd heard my parents talk about a burden. But I didn't really know what that was, you know. What it was to have a real burden. This weight of the Lord upon your soul. Will you feel what God feels prophetically for, for a city, for a people? And I began to weep over the city of Ottawa. It was so much upon me that I didn't sleep at all through that night. And even when I got on the plane early in the morning on Monday to return to Calgary, I was weeping on the plane. For three days and three nights, literally, I could do nothing but just weep, just weep. 
Even when I, I, I was going about my responsibilities, I'm just weeping. I was just so broken. And my wife said, well, John, what's happening? I said, I, 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 I don't really know what's happening. But I, I know I heard God. He said, I'm calling you to sheep that have no shepherd as I wept over the city. Now, I want to tell you something. There's times that I've had to wage a warfare with that prophetic word. There's times I've had to wage a warfare with that revelation. Listen, I want to tell you something. There's a, there's a war that's going on. How many understand that? And so you just need to get a revelation in Jesus' name. Now, that, that revelation may come through prayer. That revelation may come through worship. That revelation may come through a word of prophecy or through a prophet. I just want to say to you real quick that when a word comes to you through the gift of prophecy or through the gift of a prophet, I want you to understand that that word should confirm something you already know. In fact, it says in Acts 15 and 32 that Silas was a prophet of the Lord and he went everywhere confirming souls. I like that. That's what a prophet does. He confirms souls. Hallelujah. How many know that God just wants to confirm something to you tonight? He just wants you to know that you're in the right place. My God, you're in the right place at the right time. And he wants to speak into your life. He wants to give you prophetic stimulation. He wants to stimulate you. Glory to God. He wants to stir you. He wants to give you prophetic prompting. He wants to prompt you because God has a plan for you and some of you are in a place where you're so frustrated. You're so frustrated. He wants to give you a prophetic pointing. Hallelujah. Do you ever see the, the pointing dog, the pointers? And they let the hunters know, you know, point. Well, I tell you, that's what the get the prophecy does. It points you in the right direction. He says, come on now. I know it doesn't look good right now, but you don't go by sight. You go by faith in Jesus' name. I've got a plan for you. Rise up. I want to say to you tonight, don't neglect the gift that is within you by the laying on of hands. Now, I'm not talking about a gift. I'm talking about the gift. I'm talking about the gift of the Holy Ghost. Stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost that's within you. Come on now. Stir it up. How do you do that? Begin to speak over your life what's already been spoken. Begin to speak over your life what God's already said. Begin to speak over your life the things that have been prayed over you. The things that have been spoken over you. The things that God has already determined for you in Jesus' name. I just got, I mean, I just got to honor this, this, this leader. I told him tonight, you're the leader of this service. I submit to you. I want to honor Travis. I'll tell you what. You say, yeah, well, I could do that. Well, yeah, but you didn't. And the reason why you didn't is because God didn't choose you to do it. But you've got to get in on what God has up for you. God chose him. God said, I want you to do this. And then he aligned with apostolic oversight. And he said, I want your blessing, my God, Travis. Listen, don't you get discouraged. Don't you listen to other voices. Don't you allow anybody to tell you that you're not uh, who God said you are. You're anointed and you're called to come alongside with these people and say, let's see a revival that's going to shake this city in the name of Jesus Paul says for this reason I, I'm bringing you 
in remembrance. I'm reminding you. I'm reminding you. You remember when you got saved? Glory to God. If you need any more prophetic prompting than this, then, then my friend, you're dead but don't know it. Do you remember when you got saved? Do you remember how the Holy Ghost found you? Maybe you got saved in a Billy Graham crusade. Maybe you got saved where you were in a bar. I don't know. I don't know your situation. But I know this. When God saved you, He stamped His approval upon you. And He declared prophetic things about your life. And He said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I called you. And I ordained you. And I send you forth to bring forth fruits. And fruits that shall remain. Now here it is. That prophetic anointing upon your life empowers and enables you to overcome. The Greek literally translated means this. My son Timothy, in those prophecies, in other words, arrayed with, clothed with, armed with the spirit of prophecy, what God has said about you. I want to tell you something. God has not set you up for failure. God has set you up for success. Glory to God. Are you listening in Jesus' name? I'll tell you what. Maybe some other ministries kind of set you up for failure. Just to prove that you're only flesh. Well, guess what? If you didn't know it, I am only flesh. So don't set me up for failure. Get along with God and set me up for success. Hallelujah. I mean, the best thing you can do is start encouraging other people. If you're discouraged, you got to sow some seeds of encouragement. Come on, are you listening to me? If you have a deficit of encouragement, then you just fake it till you make it and start, and come on now, and start encouraging some other people. You say, well, I don't feel like it because I'm discouraged. Get over it in the name of Jesus. Come on, there must be something in your good you can say, like, well, it's a good day. You know, start sowing seeds of encouragement in Jesus' name. Now, do you notice it doesn't say a fight, but rather the fight. Not a fight. It's not narrowing it down to just your fight with your husband or your fight with your wife or your fight with your parents or your fight with your employer or your fight with this or fight with that. You see, that's the problem. You're so narrow-minded into the circumstance that you've forgotten that there's a bigger picture. There's a war that's going on. And this is about eternity. And this is about living your life in alignment with prophetic fulfillment. So I'll just real quick tell you about this warfare. Number one, it's, it's external. This warfare is external. See, some of us are dealing with some situations, some circumstances... Jesus said in John 16 and 33, I've told you these things so that you may have peace. What? He said, in this world, you're going to have some troubles. In this world, things aren't going to go right. Even in the church world. You know, I was good, Mike. Some people are, have been hurt in this room. And then they're carrying a sign. And that sign says, I'm wounded. But tonight... 
God is going to erase the inscription upon the sign of your life. And he's going to assign a divine appointment to you. And you're going to rise up. And you're not going to go around saying, I'm wounded anymore. You're going to go around saying, I'm chosen. I'm called. I'm ordained in Jesus' name. So Paul says, Timothy, get a firm grip on your faith, Timothy. Get a firm grip on your faith. Do you have a firm grip on your faith? Have you taken hold of your faith? Have you taken hold and said, I'm not going to let it go? Well, in the name of Jesus, that how you do that is you remind yourself of when you got saved. You remind yourself of the things that God has said about you. And you begin to speak it over yourself. I understand there's some contradictions in your circumstances. But Jesus faced contradictions. Hebrews 12, seeing how we're encompassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us run this race that is set before us in faith and patience, laying aside every weight and every sin that easily besets us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. For consider him who endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Lest you grow weary and faint in your mind. He said, listen, do you understand? I've overcome. You can overcome. You're going to have problems. There's going to be contradictions. But you can't allow those contradictions to overrule the prophetic call of God upon your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on. Turn to, turn to somebody and say that in the name of Jesus. You know, the Apostle Paul, are you, are you with me? I'll, I'll, listen, I'll go as long as I know you're with me. But if you zone out and start to go to sleep, I'll quit. So are you with us? All right. Listen to this. The Apostle Paul... In Acts chapter 9, verse 16, Ananias comes to him, lays his hands on him, and begins to prophesy. Now listen, sometimes the prophetic purpose of God to be performed in your life can seem hard. You see, some of you just want an easy ride here. Some of you just want a smooth ride. You just want short shock absorption so that you don't have to have any hardship. How would you like this? The prophet comes and says, you're going to suffer much for his name's sake. Good news, Paul. God has a plan for you. You're going to suffer a whole lot. I want you to understand that Paul had come to the place where he had suffered so much. At one point, he's in Jerusalem. And it says... That if, if the rulers in the city hadn't, hadn't protected him by throwing him in prison, they would have torn him asunder. They were so angry, they were so enraged by his anointing and by the message he was preaching that they were going to tear him apart. Literally, physically tear him apart. I want to tell you something, he had suffered a whole lot. I want you to understand something. That there came a point where even the people around him implored him not to go to Jerusalem because he'd suffer too much. 
Listen, I'm going to tell you something. The enemy's going to try to get you off course. He's going to try to do everything he can to get you off course. And the Apostle Paul went through it. In fact, Acts 21 and verse 12, even Luke himself implored him not to go to Jerusalem. And Paul stood up and said, listen, this is the prophetic purpose of God for my life. What would I do now? Say, what I was born for, I'm not going to do. No, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to press in. I want you to understand something. Some of you are facing the God of this world. And the enemy's trying to get you off course by circumstances. And even well-meaning people being sympathetic and having the mercy gift without rightful boundaries will come to try to dissuade you and you need to know what God has called you to. Listen. Come on now. You got to rise up in Jesus' name and say, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. Listen, Travis, you know when they told you, you know, but what, what are you doing, man? All that money was spent for that, to get that degree? The success you're having? I mean, God's blessing you? What, what are you doing quitting the job? You don't even know what you're going to do. What are you doing quitting that job? You know what? If you'd allowed it, you would have missed tonight. You would have missed tonight. And there's people in this room that God wants you to have something like an iron rod put in your back where you put your shoulders back and you're not insensitive toward people. You're not unkind, but it doesn't even matter if they are well-meaning. You just know in your knower that everything's going to be all right and I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Thank you. I love you. I know you love me, but i got to do what God wants me to do in Jesus' name. Come on now. Are you listening tonight? Are you listening in Edmonton in the name of Jesus? So it's an external warfare. It's an internal warfare. It's an internal warfare. It goes on. Now, this is the real hard one. The external, I can live with that. How many know that? But it's when inside of myself, I begin to become double-minded. Inside of myself, I begin to question myself. I remember an old man of God one time said to me, he said, don't go back over your life and, and you know, reconsider uh, and reevaluate whether you did the right thing. Because he said, if you do that, you'll destroy your credibility for knowing what God is saying today. You did what you believed was the right thing. You did what you believed was in alignment with the purpose of God. Don't go back now and say, well, maybe I missed it there. Maybe I was wrong there. Maybe I should have done that. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. He said, don't you do that. Because you'll destroy your credibility for hearing his voice today. Listen, there's a war that's going on inside of some of you. You're being tormented by your own thoughts. And you've got to rise up and you've got to gird up the loins of your mind. And you've got to be single-minded on the word of God. And listen, there are some times you just can't afford to think. Are you listening? There's sometimes with there's such emotions inside of you, you just can't afford to act upon it. There's sometimes you just got to say, well, this too shall pass. Amen. 
There are some times when you just got to be quiet until it passes because you don't want to say things that's going to ensnare you because you're not thinking right and you're not feeling right and you've got wrong emotions going on and you've got wrong things going on and you've got wounded feelings and you've got things that are happening so you just got to be silent until it passes until you get to the other side. Because once you get to the other side, I'm going to assure you that you're going to know that beyond a shadow of doubt, God will never abandon you, never forsake you, and He will never speak anything over your life that will return into Him void, but it will prosper in that which it is sent in Jesus' name. So I say, listen, flesh, you just, you, you stink. And I, and I understand that you don't understand the things of God, but I say to you, buddy, buddy, get up. Get up. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop rehearsing what went wrong and start speaking psalms over your life and songs over your life and destiny over your life in Jesus' name. It's internal. But then there's the infernal. Huh. The infernal. There's the external. There's the internal. And there's that infernal. How many know that? There's times when all hell's break loose. This isn't circumstances. This isn't just, you know, me inside of me questioning, doubting. My God, all of hell have come against you. I have, I have a way to act when you're in the infernal warfare. Are you listening? You don't go around saying, oh, the devil's really after me now. I tell you what, the church is so devil conscious, and that's half their problem. I believe in spiritual warfare. I understand the infernal attacks of the enemy. I understand the infernal warfare, but I don't go around talking about it. I don't go around speaking about it. I don't go around, you know, trying to get some sympathy, telling everybody, oh, hell's breaking loose. No, 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 no. I say, Lord, put a watch before my mouth and a guard before my lips. I'm going to make it through in Jesus' name. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. I'm going to get through this valley. I'm going to live. Hallelujah. I'm going to live. Hallelujah. This isn't my destiny. This isn't a place of permanent residency. This isn't what God had planned for me. I'm not going to talk about why I'm here. I'm not going to begin to feel sorry for myself and say, God, why? Are you allowing this to happen? I'm going to shut up until I'm raised up. Come on, are you listening to me? Come on now, church, I'm trying to help you here. Shemende. Somebody said, that's good. I'll tell you what, the devil is just fighting, trying to, he's warring against Canada. Do you understand that? He's warring against Canada. You know, I can talk about it now, but I'll tell you what, a few months ago or a couple of months ago, there was a war going on in our government. There was a coup that was happening. There was unrighteous things that were going on. And so some of the MPs had an all-night prayer meeting in the House of Commons and invited some of us to come alongside with them. And we didn't get in there and 
talk about what the devil's doing. We got in there and began to proclaim what God's doing. Hallelujah. We, we began, come on now. We began, you know, and some of those MPs began to rehearse. God, you're the one that called me to be a member of parliament. You're the one that put me in this place. You're the one that chose me. You're the one that anointed me. I understand what's going on here. I understand who the enemy is. I understand the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I declare your word over my prime minister. And I declare your word over every party leader. And I proclaim your word over every MP, no matter what party and I speak blessing where other people are cursing and in the name of and we went to war and we began to prophesy and I'm telling you I know beyond a shadow of doubt that when our prime minister went to the governor general that she was simply the handmaiden of the Lord to do something never done before so that there couldn't be an abortion of what God had determined for this nation through a prime minister and through a government that is going to bring the blessings of God upon our nation. We have yet to see what God is going to do. It was birthed in this province. It was birthed in this province are you listening to me and the devil's been warring against it but I tell you we ain't seen nothing yet God is raising up an army that are going to walk come on now why is God raising up ministries like resurgence because there's a war going on and when you're in the war you speak what God's already spoken <laughs> you don't reinvent. You just begin to, come on, guys. You just begin to speak. Yeah, come on, guys. You just begin to speak what God is speaking. I, I, I charge you, son, wage a good war. Now, Father, there are people in this room that the enemy is trying to get them off course. And, and, and it may seem as though they've, they have got off course. And, and it might even seem that some are even shipwrecked. But I'd like to declare tonight, in the name of Jesus, that God is going to give you a new beginning. God can take shipwrecked lives and put them back together again. God can reform your life in Jesus' name. I'll tell you what. Jesus knows what knew what it was to be in this kind of warfare, this infernal warfare, where all hell's raging. In fact, the Bible says in Mark 8 and 31 that Jesus began to teach the disciples about the things that he would have to suffer. It says that he spoke plainly to them. Up to this point, he'd spoken through parables. Up to this point, he, he hadn't spoken plainly. They wanted him to speak plainly. Now he begins to speak plainly to them. And he begins to tell them how that the Son of Man was going to be glorified. But they, they couldn't get their head around it. Because glorification, in their mind was that he would be raised up as the Messiah 
the king to rule. But he talked about suffering. He talked about dying. And the Bible says that Peter took him aside. You got to understand the language here. Peter took him aside and literally, think on this, rebuked him. I know what that's like. I've been rebuked when it wasn't the Spirit of God. And you know, it can get so rooted inside of you, it can almost destroy you if you don't know what's going on. Oh, my God. There it is. Hallelujah. I got, I got to slow down. Some of you have been hurt by that kind of rebuke. You understand? But Jesus, he knew what was going on. And he just, he just began to speak to the spirit, to the infernal warfare. He looked beyond the man. He looked beyond the person. He didn't allow it to get rooted into his feelings. He didn't allow those words to be like a serpent's bite, venomous, break his spirit. He immediately addressed it and took authority over it and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are not setting your mind in God's interest, but in man's interest. There are some in this room tonight. I know it because he just spoke to me right now. And he said, some of them have had things spoken over their life that have got so rooted into their feelings and so rooted into their thoughts that every time they step up to do something for God, they just get their feet right, wiped right out from underneath them. And I just want to tell you something. You know, the Bible says that the power of life and death in Proverbs 18, 21, the power of life and death are in the tongue. Now, we understand that. There is power in the spoken word. And some of you have had the effects of death spoken over you. But I want to tell you something. It goes on to say, it goes on to say, and those that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. In other words, if you don't embrace it, if you don't take it, ownership of it if you don't if you don't allow it to get rooted in your heart see Jesus he just dealt with it immediately he just dealt with it immediately before it ever got rooted inside of him because you know you'd have to understand this is the guy that said thou art the Christ the son of the living God don't tell me that the devil didn't know what he was doing when he used Peter and don't tell me that it was of no significance to Jesus because he's the son of God. He was also son of man. And I'll tell you something. It was also possible for him to fail, but more possible for him and probable for him to succeed. If it weren't possible, then it has no significance to us. I don't understand the theology of that, but I just know that it was meaningful to him. And Jesus immediately addresses. He didn't embrace it. He didn't rethink, well, maybe I shouldn't go to Jerusalem. Maybe it's not the right time. 
Maybe my ministry is just really beginning to come to the blossom now, you know. Maybe, I sh- maybe it's the wrong time. It's the right thing, but the wrong time. And how many know the wrong thing? Well, that's just as wrong as anything at any time. So maybe I shouldn't go right now. But Jesus took that word and he took it captive and he rendered it powerless. Woo! Tonight, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, some of you are going to take some negative things that have been. my God some of you have had things spoken over your life and you've taken ownership of it I'm not blaming you I'm just telling you that's what happened you were vulnerable at that time and honey you took ownership okay but tonight tonight we break that vow and we break the power of that word Ramande and we declare in the name of Jesus the word of the Lord over you hallelujah I know the plans I have for you says the Lord for good and not my God there's something going Mike there's something Shemande whoop So let's get things right here first. If tonight you're off course, I'm not here to talk about how it happened because that's immaterial. Repentance is not the notion that you've got to go back and make it right. You can't make that right. Repentance is to say right now, I'm rising up. Hallelujah. And I'm, I'm beginning to declare what God says about me. Ramasikate. And some of you just need to get back on course. So let's stand together all over this place. I know time is going. Hallelujah. But I just ask you to stay with me now for a few moments. Just, just while these musicians are prophesying over you. While they're making music over you you can just kind of prophesy over them with your music go ahead and play I'm not going to be worried you're too loud you just go ahead and, why don't you just go ahead you know sometimes you don't even have to sing anything you just you just prophesy things over them woo shake my there I see a whole lot of wounded soldiers getting back up. I see a whole lot of people falling on the wayside, getting back on course. I see you running. I see you running. I see you walking. Woo! God says, I've already forgiven you. Before you even asked me, I already forgave you. I just, I just, you just need to align with my forgiveness. That's why I, I demand of you to ask me to forgive you. It's not that I haven't already forgiven you. 
Hallelujah. It's just that you need to align with it by asking for it. Glory to God. Are you getting it? Ramos So you just lift your hands right now and say, Lord, forgive me. Hallelujah. Get me back on course. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. I, I, come on, lift it up. If that's you, lift it up. Come on, all over this house and begin to say, Lord, forgive me. Ramos Maybe I've turned to the right. Maybe I've turned to the left, but I'm getting back on course tonight. In the name of Jesus, Ribe, here I come. Here I come. Hear my Lord, send me, send me. Go ahead, prophesy. Ramandea. from heaven showers of blessing like in curse like in every curse like in all of you the effect of every word
church. Tonight, the tyranny of silence that has chained his people, the tyranny of silence 
when the word should be spoken, but it is not spoken. The tyranny of silence when someone should step forward and say, let the righteous arise and let the enemies be scattered. The tyranny of silence when somebody ought to say something, but nobody is. That spirit is being broken off right now. I declare that resurgence ministry is going into a new level of anointing and authority. Hallelujah. You're not going to be muzzled anymore. You're not going to be muzzled anymore. God says, hallelujah, let the weak say, I am strong. Just take the hand of somebody beside you. Young lady. This is not going to be stressful for you from this night forward. This is not going to be a hard thing that you're going to have to wrestle with. From this night forward, doors are going to open automatically before you. From this night forward, all you have to do is keep walking in the Spirit. Just keep walking in the Spirit. Keep walking in what God's already declared over you. You see, what you need to know is that before you were even formed in your mother's womb, He knew you, and He already ordained you, and He already chose things about you. And then when you were conceived in your mother's womb, hallelujah, he said, what I know about you is going to be realized. I know you're going to go through some stuff. I know you're going to fail. I know you're going to sin. But I'm telling you right now, I'm saying goodbye for a while, but we'll be back together again soon. And I'm going to walk with you, and I'm going to talk with you, and I'm going to raise you up, and I'm going to put the word of the Lord in your mouth, and I'm going to cause you to do my purposes. I'm going to open doors no man can shut and shut doors no man can open. Hallelujah. I'm not going to have you captive anymore to the expectations of the people, but I rise you up now, says the Lord. Come on, just shake something off here. Come on, just say. Woo! Woo! Now lift him up. I'd like us to lay hands on every one of you. I don't know how we're going to do it. But my God, the hand of the Lord is in this place right now. Woo! My God, something's going on right now. Come on, just receive right now. You don't even have to... This is my God. This whole place is an altar. It's an altar back there. It's an altar up here. It's an altar everywhere. My God. Honey, honey, I just, I just love your spirit, babe. Hallelujah. I love you. I love your spirit. 
My God, hallelujah. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do it. Because whatever God has put in your heart to do, you can more than do it. Woo. So how are we going to do this, Pastor? How are we going to lay hands on every living soul in this place? I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'll tell you exactly what we're going to do. What we're going to do is, is we're going to get all the ministry team lined up right here, right across here. We won't be able to create a tunnel on both sides because then you'll take away all the space. You're just going to be lined up right here. And from that side, you're going to come through and you're going to have hands laid on you. And I'll tell you what's going to happen. I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen. My God, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. My Lord, things are going to be broken off you. Come on, 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 come on. Boy, hey, wow, really? So guess what? You start, you walk through here, then you guys, then you guys... start coming down in the front here, this side. You can go ahead right now from this side, come all the way through here and they'll lay hands on you. Go ahead, don't be shy. Can you hear me? If you want prayer, come on the front here. Here we go.
Be more. 